This week's episode of the Awaken Pregnancy Podcast is brought to you by Checo Baby Carriers. If there is one product that I could recommend to new parents, it is the Checo Baby Wrap. It saved us in so many moments postpartum with Flynn when he was a little newborn, and it was such a beautiful way for me to continue to feel really connected to him while he napped or fed or whatever he wanted to do inside of there. So I am really excited to be partnering with this beautiful brand and they are offering you as one of our listeners, 15% off their range. You can access that by using the code all caps awake. And then the number 15, you can find the link and also the code in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Awakened Pregnancy Podcast. I am your host, conception, pregnancy, and motherhood coach, Kate Cattle. Each week, alongside my captivating guests, I bring you a variety of topics to support your own mama awakening. From preconception to motherhood, this podcast is for the mama or mama-to-be who knows deep down that this is just the beginning for her. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Awaken Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Kate, and it is so lovely to have you here with me today. I'm speaking with a friend of mine in today's episode, and I loved this conversation, obviously because I got to spend an hour talking with a friend and catching up on life, but also because it was so beautiful to hear her story of the last kind of five to 10 years and the perspective that has come at this point over, you know, what she has navigated in that time and the beauty that she has seen as a result of the heaviness and the density. So yeah, it was, it was a really beautiful conversation. And I think that woman to woman, mother to mother, it's, it's the type of conversation that I'm excited for you to listen to and really, I guess, take from it. I just, I feel like there's so many different things that you can take from this conversation, depending on where you're at. So yeah, it's beautiful and layered and all of the things. So today I am speaking with my beautiful friend, Heaney. Heaney is a women's wellness and habit coach living on the Gold Coast in Australia. She is also a loved up wife and dedicated mama. Heaney is passionate about sharing the power of weaving conscious habits and rituals into our everyday and her tried and tested method for empowered women to create a life they truly love. She also does this through her one-on-one coaching, her group coaching programs, and her podcast, The Conscious Collective. Heaney guides women all over the world on how to release guilt and fear, transform their relationships with themselves, and overcome the limiting beliefs that hold us back from feeling worthy of creating and living our very best life every day. In this episode, Heaney shares her biggest struggles of adult life and the biggest gifts that have come from them. We talk about everything from eating disorders to moving across the world in a pandemic. Heaney is open, she's so intuitive, and she's generous in what she shares. And as a dear friend of mine and a fellow human design manifester, I'm so grateful that she has shared her story with us so that you can see the magic of her journey and appreciate her wisdom and take some little golden pieces of support for yourself away from the episode. So we cover how Heaney got into the work that she does, her experience with an eating disorder and how she healed, 
why she studied to become a health coach and where that has led her, what the keto diet did and didn't do for her health, why her first pregnancy felt like a graduation, how becoming a mother shifted her, what her fourth trimester looked like back at home in Hong Kong, and why Heaney chose to adopt a confinement period as part of traditional Chinese medicine in her postpartum journey after pregnancy one, the mindset that Heaney used to carry her through her fourth trimester with her firstborn, what conscious habits are and how Heaney embraces them, moving to Australia from Hong Kong in 2021 with her husband and her toddler. And like, that is a layered chat, right? There's a lot, a lot that she has navigated in the last few months since moving here. He needs advice if you're moving to the other side of the world or away from your village, establishing, then laying down habits for change, what her second pregnancy has been like and how she is preparing for postpartum under very different circumstances to her first birth. And obviously so much more. Like I said, this conversation is beautiful and layered, a well overdue catch up between two friends <laughs> that you get to listen in on. And I'm really excited for you just to zoom right in uh, on the focus that we have and be able to see how it can support you. So I know that you're going to love it. I want to introduce you now to my beautiful friend, Heaney. Hi, Heaney. Welcome to the Awaken Pregnancy Podcast. Thank you for having me. This is such a treat. Like, it's always the best when I get to have my friends on the show. (laughs) I'm really excited. I actually cannot believe I'm on your podcast. I'm such a big fan. Uh, You're so funny. (laughs) I am. I mean, throughout my pregnancy and, you know, I met you right after... Um, I became a mom and just so much of your work has helped me and so many of your guests has helped me. So I can't believe I'm on here. I'm so excited to share you with my community. And yeah, I I obviously got to come into your podcast a little while ago now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like so much has changed for both of us in that time that it almost feels like that was like a different version of both of us. So I'm really excited that we're here and we get to have a conversation highlighting you and like a lot of what has changed for you since then and also to share your wisdom. So for anybody who knows human design, Heaney is a fellow manifester like myself and she is splenic, which means that she's very intuitive. So I'm really excited to have you sharing all your goodness today. Yay. So good. So tell me a little bit about, or well, obviously I know, but tell everybody else a little bit about who's in your family and how you, or like why you're so passionate about doing the work that you do and speaking on the topics that you do. So I'm married to my best, best friend in the whole world. Um, Me. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Connor. And we, and we. Conrad and we have a baby boy I'm not so baby anymore he's like a toddler um a little boy and I have another boy on the way in like three months time I feel like that question how I got to doing the work that I do today is such a loaded question but truthfully I got into the work that I do now really because I had this toxic and unhealthy relationship with myself. I had zero self-love. I I didn't even know what self-love was. And I lived most of my life trying to change myself, change my body, my skin, my personality. I really was so out of touch with 
who I was and I couldn't embrace who I was deep down. And I developed a eating disorder. Um, I would binge and purge. And I now know that it was triggered because I was suffering from anxiety and this obsession of, you know, how I looked, the way I looked. Um, and it really was this huge secret in my life that nobody knew for years and years that I was controlling my weight every single day and saying these horrible things to myself about myself. I would exercise myself to death and have zero confidence. And I always needed like validation from the external world. So I struggled with this for years, not really having any awareness around it because it was such a big secret. And it's not something that somebody who struggles with this would talk about openly. So I didn't even know it was a thing until you know, my husband came home one night and I wasn't aware that he would be home that night um, at that time. And I had just purged. So I was addicted to food. And my thing was that, and we call them episodes where I would binge and then I would try and throw it all up. And he came home right when I was purging. And I remember feeling so like, holy shit, what just happened? Like reality really kicked in. And as soon as he went to bed, I went to the bathroom and I just bawled my eyes out because it really hit me that I was living this lie and I was keeping this secret from my fiance at the time. And so that's when I, you know, realized I needed help and studied health coaching really helped me understand how nutrition works and how, you know, what health really means and, you know, helped me find out my triggers. And so what I coach now is really what I've learned from my own healing journey that started off from this big secret that I had. And now I work with women through creating conscious habits and rituals to crowd out certain unwanted habits that they have. Um, a lot of women that I guess I attract into my work are women who struggle with food and body image and intense exercisers, um, which is just exactly who I was a couple of years ago. So, yeah, it wasn't like I was like, okay, one day I'm going to help women, <laughs> you know, you, through habits and, and get them out of their unwanted habits. It's really through my own personal healing journey that got me to coaching um, what I coach today. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that because obviously that is one of the really big challenges of your life that you've navigated. So thank you so much for sharing that with us and being open and honest about that experience. And I know that there are so many women who experience eating disorders in varying 
you know, across across the spectrum of what those can be and what those can look like. And I think it's really important that we talk about these things and how we move through them. So from what I heard for you, it was having that moment of, I don't want to live like this. This isn't okay. I'm going to learn about, you know, food and nutrition and then doing the study. So for you, was it really about gaining the knowledge? Was that how you healed? Yeah, I think first I signed up for that course wanting to learn more, but then so much surfaced, you know, like so many layers of things surfaced where I realized I had a lot of childhood trauma and then I had, you know, toxic relationships and friendships in my life and the lifestyle that I was living wasn't aligned with who I wanted to show up as, like all these things kind of surfaced. But ultimately, I wanted to understand more about diets because I thought there was something wrong with the diet that I was on. Because at the time, I was trying every single diet under the sun. And I feel like it, I got to understand a lot more about diets and how one diet can literally be another person's poison, which was my experience um, later on after I dived into health coaching, I was experimenting all the diets that I was learning and the ketogenic diet really got my body out of whack and it got me suffering from hormonal imbalance for a year and a half. I gained like 15 kilos right before my wedding, like all these things started happening as I was studying, but they were, they were journeys that I needed to go through in order to, I feel like in order to conceive my son and be prepared for what pregnancy and motherhood um, was going to be like. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because it sounds like, and I, I feel like this is in my experience personally, and also in working with my clients the the path to healing, you know, what whatever we're facing is so much about uncovering the stories we've been telling ourselves, the trauma that we've experienced. It's about healing and it's about, and I, I, I feel like you slightly alluded to this, it's about creating congruence with what it is we feel to be true for ourselves and then how we're actually playing that out in our life because often we can tell ourselves that we value certain things but our behaviors and our habits are completely not in alignment with what we tell ourselves we value and so it doesn't matter what we're saying it's what we're doing that is creating a life based on what we value and it sounds like for you that was a big part of your healing and it's something I see so much in my clients is creating congruence between what they truly do value on a deeper level and then how they actually live their life yeah it's this this sense of awareness right like not living your life in this autopilot anymore but once you start to you know once you look at life with those lens (laughs) there's so many things at least this was the case for me there were just so many things I needed to to look at and dive into and heal to get to the core of who Heaney was and it felt like such a long journey, but definitely something I'm so grateful 
I went through before Raiden was conceived because I would not have enjoyed my pregnancy the way I did if I was still struggling with my body. But my mm. pregnancy was like one of the best times of my life. Like I really loved watching my body change the way it did. And, and I feel like my pregnancy was like graduation from everything that I was working on. I finally could take a break <laughs> mm. and not have to heal. And I was just celebrating finally getting pregnant and watching my body work for me every single day and like loving my body like I've never loved myself before um yeah I feel like this could be a whole conversation <laughs> mm, yeah totally definitely and obviously you personally know my story and a lot of my community mm. do as well that so much of my growth needed to occur before Flynn came as well and that's obviously not the case for everyone but it it's really nice to hear I guess, you know, the mirroring of that for both of us, that there was a lot of growth that needed to happen before we could bring these children into the world. And that, you know, I love how you said that, that pregnancy was like the graduation from the healing, because I've never thought of it that way, but that's really what it felt like for me too, that it was like, oh, I can just enjoy this experience now. And so I think there's something really beautiful you can take away from that if you're you know, on an extended conception journey right now and you're working through a lot and you're navigating some really big stuff internally and, you know, you're really changing your life a lot before you welcome a baby. And I think there's, you know, there's really, there's, there's comfort in that knowing that, you know, when, when that baby comes, that that could very well be a graduation from this healing experience as well. And that, you know, you'll be in a place where you can really enjoy the experience and soak it up and just be so available for all of the parts of that journey. Mm, yeah I, I couldn't agree more and I feel like I personally feel like if you don't go through something before you get pregnant then most likely you'll go through go through something during pregnancy if you don't it's probably postpartum totally. like I feel like as a woman we just have to shed some things mm -hmm. to make space for motherhood and this whole new identity that lasts for life you know, and something's just gotta, gotta change. You're gonna have to shift and go through some shit in order to, to find yourself and who that, that version of you look like. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. So let's talk about after pregnancy. So throughout the last few years, you've experienced a huge amount of change in your life, which you've spoken a little bit about now. Let's talk about your transition into motherhood with Raiden and how that influenced you and your work and also how you care for yourself because I know that that changes a lot for us as women when we become mothers. Mm. So becoming a mother to Raiden felt like, like I mentioned, like graduation. It really felt like celebration for me. Um, I spent so much time focusing on self-care throughout my entire pregnancy that when Raiden was born and, you know, there was so many ups and downs with having a newborn and, and, and shifting identity and all of that. But I always knew I needed to make time for self-care because I knew how good it felt to prioritize it. And I got a really good taste of it throughout my pregnancy. So when I had Raiden, I really 
embraced the ebbs and flows of you know the challenges that 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 you get thrown into with having a newborn but i also surrendered to asking for help and leaning on the village that i had back home i have a huge family uh, i have three aunties who basically took turns looking after me um, throughout my fourth trimester to make sure that i was really healing and well looked after and mothered and i feel like that period of my life gave me this it like ignited this self-confidence in me that okay this is a really tough time even though i have so much help but i know that i can get through it because i just gave birth to this baby like there's nothing else i can do that was kind of like the mindset that i was in like if i can push out this baby what excuses do i have like why am i still standing in my way when it comes to work or whatever and so your question about work this this inner confidence that was ignited with becoming a mother i kind of channeled that energy into my work when i felt called to come back to work i took a year out after raiden was born to really just be a mom and i'm really grateful that I was able to take a year out. Um but when I was finally ready to come back to work, I think this was when covid hit. I was like, all right, what excuses do I have now? Like I've always wanted to start a podcast. How can I stand in my own way when I gave birth to my son? Like there's no excuse that that I can make that can stop me from achieving things now. So I just was that in that mindset I started to I put together my podcast, I launched it, I launched my my private coaching, I put together a group coaching course, launched that. I was just kind of getting a, like dopamine hits from from achieving things and being someone who's a doer. And I really really loved that that phase of my life. So obviously i had to amp my self care when i was in that like work mode and implementing and getting shit done mode so this was when i really established my conscious habits this was when i really like experimented with habits became a lot more flexible with them and learned how to find meaning with these habits so that it becomes effortless to show up to them it's not another thing i had to do because i had so many things i needed to do um with work and motherhood and all of that so i had a very good routine where my habits were kind of mindless i did them when i can if i didn't do them it wasn't a big deal i was very like flexible and and kind to myself in that sense um but because i would show up more than i wouldn't i was really like benefiting from being someone who shows up for herself and what that brought for me was yeah back to that confidence that i can do i can do anything 
I want to come back to something that you said about the fourth trimester that I'm really curious for us to expand on a little bit. So you said that you had your aunties around you who, you know, kind of shared the care of you in the fourth trimester and really nurtured you. Is that, so uh, for the listeners who don't know, Heaney is from Hong Kong. Is that something that you feel like was specific to your family or is that more cultural? Because I know that here in Australia, I feel like we're learning, but we don't, we just don't care for the mother like mm. we should, you know, postpartum. And I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that. And, you know, what, I guess what that was like for you growing up in Hong Kong, if that's something that is just done more commonly. Mm. I love this topic so much, especially now that I'm planning for my fourth trimester. Um, it is in our culture to, have this confinement period. So in most places in Asia, they would have a version of this. But what I did was I was in confinement for 40 days, 30 to 40 days. And this is where I would lie down most of the time and I would have certain foods to nourish certain parts of my body. For example, building my iron, or uh, milk, increased milk supply, um, or to help my uterus shrink, things like that. And my family didn't get a confinement period. Like my mom didn't have a confinement period per se. My grandma cooked for her, but it wasn't like officially a confinement period. Uh, neither did my aunts. So when I was pregnant, I read a lot about our culture and what, how the Chinese back in the day would honor this sacred time. And I wanted that for myself. So I asked my mom um, to help me. And she had, she knew all of this. It's just, she never had that for herself. So she was quite, she was really pleased to support me um, when I asked for it. And so it was really nice. Like my aunt from Germany flew in um, and they would just be at my house. At least one of them would be at my house um, every day and they would make me rest. So I was very um, hands-on with my son and I couldn't really let go and allow somebody else look after him, even though back home, it's very common to have like a live-in helper, full-time helper, and, and I had that, but I couldn't let go and have her look after the baby while I rest or shower or anything like that um, until one of my family members were there. So they would come in, they're like, Hini, lie down, put your phone away. I don't care if you're gonna sleep, close your eyes and just rest. And at first I was like, no, he needs me. He needs, you know, I just burped him. So he's going to sleep for like 30 minutes and then I'm going to have to do it all over again. I might as well just stay up. And they're like, nope, sit down or put your legs up. Just close your eyes. I will let you know when Raiden needs you. And once that became just something that they did whenever they came in, I started to really embrace it and I was like, oh, okay. So it's not just about being confined, it's actually resting and letting go of the need to like 
you know, be there for my son all the time and put some focus on myself. And I really felt like my family mothered me and it was exactly what I needed to heal. Mm, It's so, so beautiful. And I can like, I can feel how when you talk about that time, like it feels so nourishing. Like I get this feeling of nourishment from you. And I, I think that's something so beautiful to have experienced. And I'm curious to hear about how you're preparing for, you know, what will be a very different postpartum experience here in Australia. But we'll talk about that soon. I wanted to say as well, I feel like on this conversation of that that first 40 days or that fourth trimester, I feel like Chinese tradition is really leading that conversation of coming back to nourishing the mother in that time. And I don't know if this is just because of, you know, books like the first 40 days or if, yeah, I don't really know why, but it it brings my heart so much joy because as you know, I I really, really appreciate Chinese medicine for what it has done for my health over the years. I've, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, I've been seeing a acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist for about eight years now, very consistently. And it has been the single thing that has healed me the most through gut issues, eating disorder as well, uh, like emotional issues, conception, hormonal issues, pregnancy, preparing for birth, postpartum, like it has been such a nourishing part of my life. And, you know, I think, I think it's definitely a conversation that we will continue to have. And it's something that we will learn more about, but I really appreciate you sharing how that experience was really nurturing for you. And it sounds like it was, uh, it was really special as well for your family, obviously in the sense that they get to be there with you, but also, you know, calling back on those traditions as well. Like, I feel like that's, that would have been really special. It, it really was. And like, when people ask me about my fourth trimester, I, I shamelessly share this because I know, I know how many women struggle in their fourth trimester. And I really feel for women who, who are not aware of how a fourth trimester could look like if you spent some time preparing for it, right? Because we prepare mm. so we spend so much time and energy focusing on the birth. And yes, the birth can be beautiful and but it lasts 24 hours. Mm. I mean, I know some women go through a lot more, but but your fourth trimester, they say you're never out of a fourth trimester after giving birth. And this really depends on how you, how you, you know, prepare for this fourth trimester. There's a Chinese saying, I think each day you spend in confinement gains you a year of life. Oh my goodness. And that's something that I, it just, I was like, wow, like I'm so proud to be Chinese knowing how they really look after the mom and how they really focus on family at this time when the mom is so fragile. I mean, you've really climbed a mountain, you know, to give birth and and those nine months of providing for the baby and your body changing and the emotional changes, like so much goes on, even though on the surface we don't see it. And so much needs to go on during the healing process that we also don't see. But if we would just rest and allow the mom to 
be um, rested and nourished, um, then the body can really do what it does best, which is to heal. And when you fully heal from your fourth trimester, you get sick less. So the reason why I had this huge like focus on my fourth trimester was I was a personal trainer um, for a couple of years before I became a mom. And I was, I, I was training just women. And I could see a, such a huge difference with um, Asian moms that would come with to me, come back to our training after that given birth. And they all had a confinement period. But my Western clients would come back to me, first of all, before they get the doctor's note, they're like, I'm ready to get back to shape. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm ready, baby's sleeping more, like, you know, I'm, I want to focus on myself, which is great. But the energy is so different between the two. And what I really noticed is that uh, my Western clients would cancel more because they were getting sick more. And so I got really fascinated and I'm like, because I didn't know anything about this. I was like, I really I feel like they need more rest. I feel like maybe that's, that's it. Maybe you're coming back too quickly. But then what really like confirmed this was I had a client, um, Asian Chinese client who had a confinement for her first, but didn't have it for her second. And she was sick all the time. Um, to the point where a year later, her Chinese doctor was like, you need to give yourself the fourth trimester all over again. You need to go through confinement 40 days all over again. And once wow. she went through that, she started to build iron again and she started mm. to have more life and she wasn't sick as often or as weak. And I was like, oh my God, that is so interesting. And I just started talking to my mom about this and we just shared this like interest about learning more about this confinement period. Mm, so incredible. So incredible. I'm, I'm like, I know I said it before, but I'm really looking forward to hearing how you're taking what you've learned yeah. through that experience and you're going to apply it here. But I wanted to, I, I wanted to kind of, um, and I think this is relevant. I want to talk about your transition in moving to Australia from Hong Kong. So you obviously moved here this year in the middle of a pandemic away from your family, like so much of your family. And as your friend, I know this was a pretty rough change for you. And I know it took some time to you, for you to really feel and like for your family to feel really settled again. Can you tell us a bit about what that was like and how you found your way back to yourself and how do you feel different now that you have grounded yourself here? You know, I knew you were going to ask me this and I don't know if anyone can relate, but like sometimes when I'm in the, when I come out of something really, really tough, I like forget how tough it was. It's like childbirth. <laughs> I do this all the time. I feel like I look back and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Now that I feel good, I felt terrible. Yeah. Like now that I'm in a good place, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I really underestimated how hard it would be to relocate and to move like 
away from my family. I really thought, and this is because moving to Australia has always been a dream of mine. I love when I get to chat to guests about their newborn experience and how they're preparing for their newborn phase. It always takes me back to that precious time in my life. And while yes, there are always challenges, many of which can be related to sleep and feeding and all of the new learning. There are also so many beautiful moments and this deep into motherhood, I am always looking for those little opportunities to to be nostalgic and remember those times with little Flinny. And it's probably because I'm clucky and definitely ready for baby number two as well. But whenever I'm speaking to anyone about products and how to support themselves postpartum, the one product I recommend for baby is the Checo Baby Carrier. And the reason is because it is life-changing, to be honest. <laughs> In those moments where Flinny was unsettled or he wouldn't sleep or I just wanted him close to me but I needed two hands the carrier was a godsend we used it every single day and I absolutely loved it and so did he if you don't yet know much about Checo they are an Australian-owned family business that began over eight years ago now. They're based in Brisbane, which is just up the road from me, and they ship globally. They're, they've also quickly grown to become Australia's favorite stretchy wrap carrier with hundreds of thousands of happy parents, both Australia and worldwide. The designs are simple, they're stylish, and they're safe. And as a parent who has loved these carriers, I can advocate for actually wanting to wear them. They're really comfortable. So uh, the stretchy wrap carriers are the perfect carrier for the fourth trimester with the new bub. They're super soft. They're like butter soft. They're amazing. And they mold to you and your baby. So it's the perfect fit every single time. They're all natural fibers, beautiful blends for breathability and comfort, which was really important for us having our little one in the heat of Queensland up here. (laughs) The really cool thing that I love about Checo is that they offer a 15 minute zoom video consult with every baby carrier purchased by a trained baby wearing educator, which is really important because believe it or not, you can actually wear a baby carrier or wear a baby incorrectly. And the implications of that aren't great on mama. So it's really important to have that support. And I love that Checo have got this covered for you. They also have a brand new product that is launching in December this year. It's a clip style baby carrier right in time for the holidays. It's available in eight stylish prints and colors made with their signature bamboo and linen blend. So it's natural, breathable, perfect for the Australian summer. So if you would like to know more about Checo and make the most of their 15% off, go to the description for this episode or the show notes and follow the link and grab your code there. Ever since I've known you, right, I, I've, I've known that I was one day going to move to Gold Coast. Yes, you've always said it. Like, ever since I've known you, you've yeah. always said, like, one day, you know, we're going to move there. Yeah. But I guess I'll give a little background story. So my husband was a pilot in Hong Kong, and the airline went under. And it wasn't exactly a surprise because there were rumors. And, you know, with COVID, it was, it was really hitting the airline. And it would have been the right thing to do for, for the company to let go of the sister company, um, which was the airline that Conrad worked for. But when it did happen um, and we had to think about what we're going to do, I was like, 
I'm just not ready to move, you know, at that point in my life, it was when everything was aligned for me. Like I finally was coaching and I was finally attracting clients that I dreamt of attracting. And I was meeting, you know, soul sisters who also shared the same passion um, with coaching and, and um, spirituality. And I just felt like Hong Kong was finally, you know, home for me and I was loving it. So when we, even though I was part of the decision to move here, when my husband confirmed it, I was just, I was just not ready to feel the emotions and go through another, like, like jump into healing mode again and go through all these emotions to prepare for this move. So what I did was I dived into work. I was like, you know what? I still have my clients. I still have this blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm just going to focus on this until I need to pack, which was the biggest mistake I made. Because when we got here after the beautiful honeymoon phase, because we were in quarantine, right? So when we came out, it was like honeymoon. Like, oh my God. I remember that actually you were like living the holiday life. I was like, oh my goodness. I forgot how nice the Gold Coast is. You're reminding me. (laughs) Yeah, especially because in Hong Kong, it was very COVID-like. Like we had to wear masks. Mm, That's right. It was at, yeah. And the Gold Coast at that time was really quite unaffected. I think we had no restrictions. Exactly. So it really felt like a vacation. But as soon as we moved into our apartment, everything started to like sink in. It every day just felt harder and harder and heavier and stickier. And, you know, looking back, it really was the toughest time in my marriage. It was, I feel like Conrad and I, my husband, we went through postpartum blues or postpartum depression. It felt, I I didn't go through that with Raiden, but it felt like that because we had so much help back home. Like I mentioned, we had a full-time helper. I had my family around the corner. You know, they would drop everything and, and anything to come support us and look after Raiden. We didn't have our village. So we had to learn to parent this toddler who was also going through a transition he went from being so comfortable in his environment we had a solid routine you know like not a lot of sleep issues (laughs) still had sleep issues but he was so comfortable in the routine and all of a sudden the people that he was seeing was different the home was different our dog wasn't there like so many things and it triggered separation anxiety for him It triggered, like he was sick every week. He was so, so clingy, um, asking for my family, like all these things. I didn't know, both Conrad and I didn't know how to parent this version of Raiden. On top of that, we were going through, you know, the transition, but we didn't have the time to deal with it because we had to be parents first. So that was really really hard for us because it was so new as well like we had never gone through something like this so as a couple i didn't know that he would deal with something like this the way he needed to deal with 
and in his own time. And I didn't know that I needed this and this and this and this to deal with something like this. So we were so disconnected. So I felt like my foundation was just gone and I had nobody to lean on. I felt so alone because my family was so far away. And, but really it was a time that I needed to learn about Conrad all over again because of what we were going through. And I needed to learn about Raiden again, you know, while he was going through this transition. But I was so, Kate, I was so in my head. Like I was just living victim mode. Like, is this decision the right decision? Why is everything so hard? How am I supposed to be a coach? If I'm just clinged on to like, you know, if Raiden's clinging on to me all day and I don't have, I don't want to send him into daycare and I don't want this in me. I was holding on to my old identity and I was not ready to let go. And that was. I can hear though in that. And I feel like I need to interrupt here and be a coach and a friend (laughs) that I feel like there was like, there was grief, right? There was grief. And that's like the core of when we go through a big change, we often grieve for the life that we had before and whether it's moving or it's like, you know, I know for me, I experienced a lot of grief when I had Flynn for the life I had before and my, my spaciousness and how much I could, you know, indulge in my self-care. And it was just, it was, I was pining for a different phase of my life. And I think then, you know, when we can see that it's about the grief, those layers of like fear and a victim mentality and stuckness and all of that, that's, that's the way that the grief is presenting, right? So it's not even really about those things. It's about that deep pain that was beneath it. And it was like, when you were able to work with that, the other stuff just kind of fell away, right? Like not, I'm, I mean, I don't mean to dismiss like the work that you put in, but it's like, it was about the cause of it, not so much about all of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And I wasn't able to see that for a very long time because I was, I guess it really comes down to, you know, I just, I wish I did some preparation emotionally for this move. I didn't, I left it to, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't ready to do the work then. So Mm -hmm. it came crashing down on me when it sunk in that we're here and we're really just, it's just three of us. Like that was so, that was so hard for me to wrap my head around because I, I just come from a big family and you just always have support. You know, I'm very lucky in that way. So focusing on our little family and, and trying to heal as a couple and also learn as parents, it was very, very hard. But it got to a point where I was like, I need to get myself out of this victim mode because I was crying all day and I would just call my mom crying like a baby and she would get worried and it was it just got so out of hand my husband didn't know how to help me I didn't know how to help my husband like it was just such a feels like thinking about it feels like such a big mess but I also I lost my uncle so this is a turning point for me actually my uncle passed away Um, during this the thick of it and that really hit me that I remember 
telling this to myself because I sat in front of the mirror and this is something I do when I when I when I hit rock bottom I looked at myself in the mirror I'm like yeah life is shit life is really shit right now it's probably going to be shit for the next year but what are you going to do about it you can't be in victim mode like this like it's not serving anyone I just had this full-on I know it sounds so weird and crazy but I had this full-on conversation where I'm like okay like this is it. Like I can only cry so much. I can only call my mom so many times. I can only like, you know, question this move so many times. What am I going to do about it? So what I did do to get myself out of victim mode was go back to the very basic. And I went back to my own coaching. So the first session with my clients, I sit them down and we go through like an exercise where we overlook our life and all the areas in our life to find out if there's any areas in particular that we've been neglecting and needs attention. So it's called the circle of life. Um, I went and did my own exercises and went through my program to establish habits all over again because I realized I was just holding on to the same habits that I was doing in Hong Kong trying to fix trying to make sure they work here and they just weren't working. So. And so like that's setting yourself up for failure, right? Like a feeling of like, it's not working. It's something wrong with me, Mm -hmm. something wrong with the circumstance. I've done something wrong as opposed to like, I guess, checking in with your current reality. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And when I started to feel, you know, good about these new habits they were very very small you know I went from meditating 20 minutes every single day to meditating for two minutes because that was all the time I had in the mornings because Raiden was waking up throughout the night and all these things and I was like you know what I can do two minutes no matter what and when that became easy I started layering and this is the method that I, I teach to my clients but I went back to basic My husband and I were like, you know what? We could do with some help. We signed up for therapy, which has been absolutely life-changing. It's only been a few months, but it's the best investment we've made um, as a couple. We also did a parenting course together, like all about tantrums and, and like emotional support for our son and that really gave us the confidence again and and the knowledge that we needed to help our son go through these transitions so what really grounded me was taking action and like choosing the habits that i needed at the time and really being okay with starting all over Mm, so powerful i feel like it's um when it comes to going through, I, I, I almost feel like this is the process, right? Like we we don't realize how bad it is until we have like a come to Jesus moment where we're like, <laughs> hang on a second, something's not right here. I'm going to have to change it. And that was your moment of like being with yourself and saying, look, this sucks, but what am I going to do about it? And then it was, like you said, taking one little action to make a change. And then it sounds like it was from there that everything began to compound into like bigger shifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, let's talk about timeframes here. It wasn't really that long ago that you were in the no. thick of it. Like we're talking a couple of months ago, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So much has shifted in the last few months. And I know you, I think you were one of the first to, to, to point it out to me, how you can see a shift. But yeah, it's, this, is, this is what's so crazy because when I was in the thick of it and when I was trying to like sort my life out, I was like, okay, I am stuck in the past. I need to focus on the future, right? I need to look forward to something. And that was, so I read this like vision statement where I, I paint this future of myself that I want to, I want to live in, but I, I read it to myself to tap into the emotions I want to feel. And that vision statement that I put together was to just feel peace and to feel settled with my family, to be able to communicate with my husband and for Raiden to have a solid sleep routine and for him to enjoy <laughs> Australia, like little things. And I can really say that it's all happening now, but I forget that because I've been reading that to myself every morning and like feeling those emotions that when it when it's happening, I almost didn't realize because the transition was so, like once I, I started to work on coming out of victim mode, it just became easier and easier and easier every day. Obviously there's like, there's, there's tough days, I mean, with a toddler, but I really believed in myself and I really held on to this hope. So now- I think that's a really, I think that's a really important point to highlight is that often we can think that it's a long way out from like the depths, like it's yeah. a long way, it's a hard slog, but it's often really quite the opposite. I feel like it's often the initial shift that is like the quote unquote hard slog. And then it's like from there, as your vibration raises, you become more solution focused than problem focused. And so you start to see solutions more clearly and I, I'm such a firm believer that the energetic body can upgrade in an instant sometimes mm. it takes the physical body a little bit longer but once you have a shift everything changes literally in an instant so mm -hmm. it's like even though it was you know you were in like a really heavy intense place it was like once you started to shift your vibration and make different choices it compounds and it just I feel like it happens at such a, fa such a faster rate, almost to the point that like I, like I, that's why I wanted to touch on the timeframes. Like it's not that long ago that you were in a really heavy place. And now, like when I look at you, I feel like you're emitting like the, you know, the signature of a manifester being in like a deep state of peace. Mm, thank you. I, I really do feel that. And, and I think, I think, you just, it's okay when you're in the thick of things. I mean, I was crying every day for months and I think it's important to feel those emotions and go through them, but you got to give yourself a deadline, mm. right? Okay. I'm, I'm feeling, which is great. I'm processing, but now what, what action are you going to take? Because you're right. It's only been a couple of months and, and through that journey, I created my group coaching program based on the transition that I went through because I realized in a few months, you can really turn your life around again. 
And I, I'm holding space for my clients now through an eight week journey to teach them through that process and guide them through that process. And again, like my healing journey becomes my work, but now I feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm so grateful that it all happened because I now know that when this baby arrives, my life is going to be turned around all over again. But this time I feel like I'm mentally and emotionally more prepared for my life to turn upside down and go through another transition Mm -hmm. um, because of what I went through with my family and with my husband. We really did need to go through that because otherwise when this baby comes, it's going to be probably times 10 heaviness. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Interesting how you went through like a lot of stuff before Raiden and then like a lot of stuff before this baby. It will be interesting to see if there's like a relevance, if there's like any parallels through this experience that are particularly, you know, things that you've learned in this experience that are particularly needed for parenting this next little boy. Mm, I love that. I never, I didn't realize that. These tiny people, they, they call us to big things before they even get here. <laughs> seriously, seriously. So let's let's talk about let's talk about the baby you've got on the way. So obviously you said you've got another little boy on the way. What has this pregnancy been like so far and how are you feeling about birthing in Australia? And tell us a little bit about how you're prepping for postpartum. I'm very lucky. I I like Raiden, I didn't have any morning sickness or anything like that. I think my fourth trimester was when I was going through like the thick of it um, with my family and, and the transition. But the pregnancy itself was quite easy. Like there were times where I forget that I was pregnant. I was just really tired from like looking after a toddler, you know, I... <laughs> When I was pregnant with Raiden, I was like meditating for an hour. I was napping every day. That was me with Lynn too. <laughs> like meditating for maybe more than an hour. Yeah. And like I napping <laughs> and then like a bit of yoga and then mm-hmm. maybe another nap. It was mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. And yeah. yeah, didn't look like that this time. Um, and, but, but that, that part was okay. Um, I think now that I entered my third and when you, every, every mom tells me this, who has like at least two kids, you just grow so much quicker. So I feel a lot heavier already. And I'm not, I'm like 28 weeks and I, I'm like, my body looks like I, I was 35 weeks when I was carrying Raiden, which was like crazy to me, you know, how quickly I was growing. So what's been tricky and and hard for me now is not being able to carry my son as often. I have to say no to him more. And that's been really tricky for me. Like emotionally, I don't want him to feel like mommy's changing before the baby arrives. But my body's like, I just can't do it. Like, I just need to rest a little bit more and let daddy do more of the playtime and all of that Mm. while um, I just try and slow down. 
I really feel like I, I need to slow down already. I think that uh, also, you know, I, I don't know seasonally how things fell when you were in Hong Kong, but I know that carrying through the the biggest phase of your pregnancy in summer on the Gold Coast or in the warmer yeah. weather on the Gold Coast is like a whole thing of its own. So I'm very glad that you have a pool in your yeah. house that you're in now because it definitely <laughs> helps I think you know knowing that from my experience with Flynn so um he was born in April so I was at mm. my biggest through like the hottest months on the Gold Coast and it's like it's a lot it adds a whole other layer to it actually you're right because because um obviously the weather is like the opposite so Raiden was born in Feb but it's like the middle mm. of winter Mm-hmm. And so I, it was all about layering for me. Whereas now, I'm like looking for aircon everywhere. <laughs> yes, I remember I used to like literally walk in the door and strip down to my bra and undies. Like I was, I'm pretty sure from like December onwards until Flynn was born. I when I was home, it was just bra and undies. That was it. I was like, I cannot, like, don't even look at me. You make me sweat more. Like it was, like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> oh yeah I know the weather it's like what 30 some degrees these days and and everyone looks at they give me the same look when they're like when are you due and I'm like January 17 they're like oh <laughs> I'm like what does that mean <laughs> it's like just means you need air con do you have air con in every room in your house <laughs> I'm like thank god I do yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you're prepping for postpartum because obviously mm. last time you were so nurtured having your family around give us a little bit of a rundown on what you're doing to support yourself this time around so I at first I was trying to recreate the fourth trimester that I had with with Raiden typical Heaney just not letting go um and it was just so hard it was hard for me to find a confinement lady who is somebody who you usually hire back home that is knowledgeable around which ingredients to use for certain meals and um, to come and like look after you basically. And I knew that my mom most likely won't be able to make it here. Neither can my aunties. So I was like, you know what? I need to create my own village. I've been so, so guided with this. Initially, when I was trying to just find a confinement lady, it was like impossible. I, it's funny because I even thought like maybe if I just go to Chinatown and like hang out and get to know people, <laughs> I might, I might find someone who wants to help me. But um, I'm very lucky. I, I, I don't know how I found her, but I found my doula. Renee and ever since I confirmed you know working with her I've just been either introduced or recommended to somebody else who I was like oh my goodness I I really would love you to be a part of my village so now I have a doula to support me throughout my pregnancy I've hired a postpartum doula she's beautiful Um, she's not knowledgeable when it comes to TCM and like the foods that I was used to, but she, she's going to be cooking for me and she's going to help me out. 
five days a week, she's personalized this package for me <laughs> because I was like, I need as much help as I can. So I feel really good just having them too. But recently, I actually just yesterday, I uh, my midwife recommended this lady who's a TCM doctor. Oh, you would love her. I'm really um, excited about this. She she works at Gentle Traditions, ah. and she's uh, she's an acupuncturist. She specializes specializes in pregnancy and postpartum. Very much educated around TCM and the Chinese confinement, but also very uh, knowledgeable around the Japanese way of confinement. So I met up with her yesterday, not really knowing where this was going to go, but she turns out she loves cooking Chinese soups, like the postpartum soups. And that's something that she does for women here in Gold Coast. Amazing. Yeah. So we are working on some sort of um, like package where she can support me when it comes to like certain foods because what helps heal the mother it's not just food but you know food is energy and and the ingredients is so well thought you know the first week after you give birth what you eat is different to the second week and it's different to the third week and she knows all of that so she also has connections here where um she knows chinese growers who like make organic black fungus, which is so important in postpartum foods. Um, So she's going to be helping me and joining my village. So now I feel like, okay, I I might not have my mom here. I might not have my aunties here. But what I really wanted was to, I know I need to be mothered. And I feel like these women in my village are able to, you know, support me and, and give me space to heal. So Yeah, I get a little emotional thinking about it because I actually can't believe it's kind of falling into place. And and I am able to have that uh, TCM element to my postpartum. I kind of gave that up (laughs) because I wasn't going to go like searching for someone. And, and, you know, I didn't know where to look anyway. So for it to kind of just fall on my lap now and and. I can really see it all. I I can see these women in my home supporting me. Makes me excited. Like it makes me look forward to the fourth trimester, even though my mom's not here. Mm. So, yeah. It sounds like you've set yourself up with such a nurturing experience postpartum. And I mean, also leading into birth, right? Like it sounds like Mm. you have found your village and it's just so beautifully occurred that way. I love that so much. And I think it's, it's such a, uh, it's such a credit to you to being in the right energy, to be able to attract that and, you know, call that into your life and also using your manifesto magic as well. (laughs) It sounds incredible. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I do when you're postpartum? Because I definitely, I'm not going to need to cook for you because you've totally got that covered, (laughs) but we will work that out. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, we, well, you'll be coming to my mother's blessing. And I think the focus of that will be around postpartum mm. and how, how you guys can support me and, and learn about my experience. And so I think moral support is what I need, Mm. you know, like check-ins. That's so something that I loved the most about fourth trimester, like from my friends or just like check-ins, like, how are you doing? You're doing a great job, mama. And I didn't understand how powerful that could be just checking in, but not expecting a reply anytime soon. (laughs) Mm. Um, Yeah. I think that's really powerful. So beautiful. Thank you so much for our conversation today. We might leave it there. I am so grateful for you as a friend and for your generosity and vulnerability in sharing today on, you know, really what's been like the last five to 10 years of your life and the things that you've navigated and the beautiful perspective that you have now and those experiences. And I'm really, really excited for what is to come for you and your family and that I get to be like here with you when you birth this bubba because obviously last time that definitely wasn't the case so yeah I just I, I have such gratitude and such I feel like it's admiration I feel like I look at you and I really see I, I really see you and I really appreciate you for who you are so thank you so much for sharing that magic with us here on the podcast today thank you I feel so honored to be a part of your podcast and Thank you for holding space for me. That felt like a cleanse. That felt like a huge, like overdue catch up between you and I. And I felt so supported and held. And yeah, I can't wait for your listeners to listen in. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Your presence is received with deep gratitude. If you loved this episode, I invite you to follow or subscribe to the Awaken Pregnancy podcast on your favorite platform. And if this podcast is having an impact on your life, one significant enough that you feel changed for being here, I invite you to participate in a two-way exchange. Leave a five-star review in your heartfelt words on Apple Podcasts or make a donation to Kate Cattle and the Awaken Pregnancy Podcast via the link in the notes for this episode. Thank you for walking this mamahood journey alongside me. I will see you next time.